If you asked me at the beginning of the week if I thought I'd be filling up the backside of my toilets with snow to provide enough melted water for a functioning flush, I might dismiss it as nonsense. And that's what I'm thinking. All right, I am... Okay, where's our notes? Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 46 of Spoken Word with Electronics. No clocks, no phones, no heat. No water. No light. This is the 1800s edition of the show. I feel like I should be hand-cranking this audio onto a manual recorder. If I sound off the grid, it's because this has been an unusual week, to say the least. Our, uh, our power went out partway through finishing episode 45, and it lasted a few days during some genuinely cold weather. And I'll describe all of that in a moment. Lasted a few days during some genuinely cold weather. And I'll describe all of that in a moment. And I'll describe all of that in a moment. Half of this show this week will be about the statewide power failure that occurred in Texas these last seven days. The other half will be a uh, Bruce Hack tribute, the first half that started on uh, episode 45, we will complete that half, and then finally we'll have installment number 28 of The Recovery of Charlie Pickle. For more information on the statewide power failure that occurred in Texas these last seven days, please look up two Wikipedia articles that did not exist last week. The first, titled February 13th-17th, 2021 North American Winter Storm, and the related Wikipedia article, which also did not exist last week, titled the, quote, 2021 Texas Power Crisis. In the suggested reading, you will find the description of how 3.5 million Texans were suddenly left in a blackout statewide for close to a week. Of course, worse things happen to other people in the country. Uh, this is nothing compared to the fires and the smoke that ravaged California for, I think, over a month, or the hurricane that destroyed the entire power system infrastructure for Puerto Rico. Other natural disasters like hurricanes hitting the Gulf or the coast constantly. I'm not trying to say that what happened to Texas was terribly unique, but it's an interesting thing to talk about because the story of the Texas blackout wasn't without its narrative or its drama. A lot of people did have to go into work still during this because not everyone has a protected job on that level and they are only paid for when they are present. But you know, you'll find examples of altruism that happened during the, uh, what was the Wikipedia article? Happened in the 2021 Texas power crisis. <laughs> Because Texans as people are good people. You'll find good people in every single part of Texas, even the stereotypically cruel places, you know. Austin is in a county called Travis County, and directly above us is a place called Williamson County, which is sort of the alter ego of Austin. And for years, 
was known as this like county line where uh, hippies or whatever kind of long hair weirdo from Austin was knew very clearly that the minute they stepped into Williamson in their car, a cop would stop them and search them. And uh, if you got caught with marijuana in Williamson County, you were going to jail for a while. And if you had that same joint maybe 20 feet back in Travis County, you'd be a very different experience. But that's sort of the power structure of Texas, is that the people of Williamson County are cool. I've met plenty of them. A lot of them, the, the more that Austin changes, the more in size, the more really cool people that can't afford to live in Austin live in Williamson. And they drive into Austin. And so its population is always changing, but its, its government, its power structure is still sort of like very ornery. And they'll fight with Texas leadership on the, uh, they'll use the media to complain about the mayor or other weird stuff. So part of the 2021 Texas power crisis is actually well titled because it's not just about electricity as power. This actually hopefully might be an indicator of change that Texas needs with the power structure itself. Because we had one guy, a governor, Greg Abbott, who appeared on TV and lied to the entire country multiple times. At the same time, White knighted himself as somebody who at one point wanted to take on the nonprofit that he's putting most of the blame on, ERCOT, E-R-C-O-T, as an evil that he, as a former lawman, sought to destroy in court or investigate. But he is yet to say, you know, in 2011, There was a study due to a similar failure in Texas, and it was on me to fix a bunch of this stuff uh, to prevent it from happening again. And uh, he has yet to take responsibility. And then uh, before it was really bad, when it was just sort of a story about Texas being cold, he went on and said that this is why we shouldn't have renewable energy anywhere because we have windmills now, uh, wind turbines, and this is why this crisis occurred. That has nothing to do with it. It had everything to do with natural gas which uh, bloviates right out of every pore in his body, constantly. Weird thing about uh, Greg Abbott, a lot of people don't know this, but his face is made of uh, toad rubber. Toad rubber. A weird kind of cosmetic uh, experience he had. He's a very vain man, and he found uh, that his actual face was impossible to look at in the morning. Um, And so he had it uh, manufactured toad rubber surgical toad serum uh, injected into his body and the only way you can really see it is if you look at his uh, his mouth while it's moving toad rubber Ernie Kovacs is a good reference for the way his face would rubber rubber band in different directions left to right if you've ever had silly putty and you get it a little warm to the point that it starts sweating that is uh, 85% of the skin of Greg Abbott's face uh, chemically And that's due to the toad injections. It turns your face into like sort of the silly putty that allows you to just utter bullshit without any, any guilt for uh, the people that you kill by the decisions you make. Or maybe you're just like a dirt devil uh, sociopath. I have no idea. He went on TV and we got to see him uh, try to do his best, you know, impression of a dependable good governor. I don't know if he's been uh, doing uh, acting classes on DVD or if he has his, like a Zoom coach or something right now. His uh, governor's mansion did not lose any power because downtown never went out of power conveniently for any of these uh, legislators. <laughs>
legislative people. A warm bed could be found at the legislature. So we had Greg Abbott, who we'll discuss, and then briefly, what I, who I won't discuss tonight is Ted Cruz, who got so gotcha caught coming back from Cancun at the height of his responsibility to be a senator for the state. And so, yes, this is a power crisis. <laughs> Opportunity, the 2021 power crisis tonight is brought to you by Hopeful Change. Hopeful Change is a uh, good provider of good feeling and thought optimism. And it's uh, Hopeful Change's hope because Hopeful Change can do nothing more than change and hope or in hope for change that the 2011 power crisis finally does in fact illuminate, bulb pun implied, uh, that some change needs to happen with Texas because this was ridiculous and completely preventable and we have the money too. So like, before I get into it, I'm gonna talk about some improvements that were supposed to be made that were not made because Northern Texas already had this happen to itself in 2011. A smaller event at that time caused much of Texas, Northern Texas to black out. And it was for identical reasons. Uh, no wind turbines or any bullshit that Greg Abbott and his silly putty face with the toad injections. Oh, also, ever if you ever look into Greg Greg Abbott's eyes, next time he talks, pay attention to it. And I don't know if you ever had a uh, stuffed animal, like a teddy bear. And you know how stuffed animal teddy bears have like those dead marble brown eyes? I don't know what color Greg Abbott's eyes are because of the silly putty that droops over his eyes as well. But toad rubber, bizarre medical procedure. I think he went to uh, Cancun with Ted Cruz to get one. Uh, all of them go and get the bullshit injections in Cancun and Ted couldn't cancel that deal. But anyway, uh, I will try and get a Ted Cruz joke in. But regarding the teddy bear eyes, those eyes are dead. Right, they're typically just dead black and brown or something like that. Look at Greg Abbott's face next time and just stare only at his eyes and you will see an empty, lifeless experience. And I don't even mean that sarcastically. So I can understand the depression that comes from being somebody like Greg Abbott and the desire to, you know, attack people. And with great desire comes great opportunity. So he's probably living it up in his completely powered and warmed governor's mansion while this happened. But anyway, look for his uh, teddy bear eyes. <laughs> Toad rubber. Let's get back to the Texas power crisis. This episode of Spoken Word with Electronics is brought to you by Foresky Mastering. Based in Berlin and available to experimental musicians worldwide, Foresky Mastering is a human-based music improvement service specializing in finalizing your mixes. The weirder or more wonderful your work, the better. Visit foreskymastering.com. That's V-A-R-E-S-C-H-I mastering.com for more information. So as I was saying in February 2011, there was a smaller event that caused much of Northern Texas to black out. And this was for identical reasons. It was frozen natural gas wells. And 
the weather was too cold for them to operate or distribute gas or a number of things. And there was a report that indicated immediate changes be made to prevent a worse event, which is the one that I just got through, from happening. And there wasn't an if these things happen, it was a when. You know, Abbott has been stupid to try and say this wasn't preventable because this is a hundred year storm. Since I've been in Texas, we have had 19 hundred year events or things that they've been called hundred year events. I've started to keep count. And this is the 20th one where they're like, well, this is a hundred year event and it just happens the next year. Well, this was a hundred year event. No, 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 this is the current yearly event, these weird weather things. And that's happening all over the country. I've often wondered how things get to be 100 year event terms because I think we haven't been keeping track of weather for more than 100 years really in the way that we keep track of it now. Maybe there were, I mean, there were almanacs, weather almanacs and everything, but the, the 100 year event is hilarious. And he tried to say that this, this, uh, this cold event, this polar vortex was a 100 year event. Hasn't, it's gonna happen again just like it happened as a 100-year event in 2011. And there was a report there that we had to modernize the power grid. And those recommendations were just turned into suggestions and were completely ignored. And new energy was allowed to be built without any concern for preventative methods on this new stuff, like the weatherproofing and winterization. So one thing I hadn't mentioned here in, uh, is we just we just woke up it is a uh, Saturday morning. We just woke up officially without any water, completely dry. We had one tap in our kitchen that was dripping out a small, small drop of uh, water every uh, every few moments, and we were able to fill up a lot of drinking water from that oil vat. But now that's uh, completely dry, so. Uh, the faucets aren't working. So now Saturday morning, we are uh, completely without water. Although we have a lot of water saved up from the dripping faucet trick. I uh, didn't want to mention it actually just because I didn't want it to go away. We had just a drop of water and I was worried that if I mentioned it on the show, this is a situational paranoia that it would uh, not exist anymore. So that's an odd, odd, odd thing for me to deal with. But anyway, we woke up and we don't have any working water at all so that kind of sucks but we have uh many 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 gallons of uh water in the refrigerator from the boil trick i've been describing with the faucet we didn't you know we're not drinking any snow but we have a lot of water combined and i think this will get done in a few days but that's our deal waking up right now is completely off the grid water wise and uh, what is in the refrigerator is what we can drink along with a few bottles of water here so wild shit if you're curious about the 2011 issue and 2021 now interestingly you you do not spend more than uh, three numbers in either one two zero one one and two zero two one that's pretty cool uh, the only difference is there's two twos in one and there's two ones in the other. But they both have one zero. And that zero is Greg Abbott. Such a zero. Look up Texas Freeze 2011 and you will find numerous articles right now directly connecting that to then. Subsequently, with no improvement to our infrastructure, the equipment and supply lines failed once again. Because if you're designed to fail or if you're, <laughs> you're gonna do your job, 
a bad design is actually working as designed. It's not, you know, a good design that fails is a design that you fix. But if you don't fix it, it's just a bad design that will fail. And that's its design. And so with no improvement to our infrastructure, we failed again. And this is because nothing was prepared or modernized. And we now cut to Judge Clay Jenkins from Dallas County, Texas, with his words on our winterization efforts. This was a completely predictable event. There was a report issued by the federal government and the state government in 2011 saying this would happen. I testified and spoke before the legislature two years ago saying that this would happen, and it happened. And it's because Governor Abbott refused to weatherize the generator plants or modernize the gas lines as the report from his own legislature told him was necessary. When you choose to tell a regulated company that they don't have to do something, they're selling commodities, so you are instructing them not to do it. And in that effort to get the lowest price for big commercial users, they fail to protect residents from losing their power in extreme weather. The argument that, no, 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 we didn't have enough money to do everything. And because we had to spend so much money on the wind turbine infrastructure, we didn't get to use it for the coal and the gas. And if we had, none of this would have happened. Do you accept that? This is a deregulated market. So they're not building wind energy or any other type of energy. Companies are building infrastructure based on the specs that the governor's office gives them of what is required. They didn't put weatherization in their specs. So the companies built a cheaper product so they could sell energy at a higher profit. This is not about the taxpayers building anything. Now, in terms of looking at this going forward, you are saying that the governor is aware of what happened here. And what we're seeing now are secondary effects of the systemic inequality at play. Power is not coming back as quickly in lower income areas and minority areas. Why is that? Well, what has happened in the past with power is the older the infrastructure and the governor has refused to replace it as the reports and the legislature have requested. Uh, the older that infrastructure is, the harder it is to cycle and roll and come back on, the easier it is to break. And the, um, the older housing stock tends to be where um, the most vulnerable populations live. Right now, the governor's office says they're working with FEMA. Uh, they're trying to do everything they can. What else is needed and what are you worried about in terms of how this will be handled in the next few days? Well, right now, our big problem is drinkable water. 10 million, that's one third of the Texans, don't have a uh, safe drinking water source other than bottled water or water that they boil um, because the energy going to the water treatment uh, centers failed. Uh, this is funny. So I just took my first hand sanitizer shower, went out for a very quick, small item errand because we might not be able to get groceries for about a week and came back and we don't have any water to really adequately wash my hands. So I uh, just put the hand sanitizer heavy duty on my hands, on my arms, and then my face and my neck. <laughs> hand sanitizer shower. Take the hand sanitizer shower challenge. My lips are really dry now. The water treatment uh, centers failed. 
The power failure that happened occurred on the coldest night in Texas in decades. And it shut off heat in so many homes. And it froze millions of pipes while many were sleeping, completely unaware of it. And many people woke up to a flooded home, especially if you had to work on Monday, you know, you woke up to this. And during the week that people were stuck at home with no heat during single digit temperatures, which is a completely impossible to consider environment for a Texan. And some people did some haphazard things that are laughable, but really tragic, like light charcoal grills inside their home for heat and died of carbon monoxide from it or got deeply sick of it. In other examples, a lot of homes have very thin walls in terms of insulation, and uh, some people would dis discovered their children dead of hypothermia, just blanketed up in their bedroom. Uh, it got that cold, so that's terrible. And the water damage from broken pipes, it's said, it's not just pipes, like whole houses, uh, when they start to flood inside, fall apart, like the ceilings and everything. It, it, sometimes that it might be a total loss for the house or a rebuild of some houses. Maybe it's a complete teardown after that. All of that would be insurable or covered. And this is possibly the largest insurance event of the century. <laughs> so Texas pulling America down here. So you've probably heard if you've been following this with any measure of closeness, you've probably heard a discussion on how there are three power grids in the United States. There's the East Coast power grid, the well-named West Coast power grid, and the Texas power grid. And it has been this way since 1935. And the reason wasn't because FDR and other people who designed this power grid system said, well, this should be three. It meant to just have an East Coast and a West Coast. But Texas uh, bucked back at the time, and it became three. So it was going to be East Coast and West Coast, but then it became East Coast, West Coast, and Texas. And so even back in 1935, they were uh, fighting a weird paranoia about the government, even though they are the most government and oppressive bunch of people. So even back then, Texas purposefully isolated itself to avoid being regulated. But the gamble is so stupid, because it's an emotional gamble a fear of the government, even though you are the more fearsome government or the more arrogant group. Uh, if anything, it's psychological projection that Texas knows how terrible it is in terms of morality, in terms of a lot of greed and narcissism. And so it says American government is to be feared. That's a very interesting way to psychoanalyze an entire state. But they're basically saying in some other ways that they are revealing that they are that monstrous. But Texas doesn't have like a very good emotional understanding of itself. So it just says, you know, no federal government <laughs> since 1935. So really, since 1935, I think uh, electricity was available in homes, I think uh, with relative ease about 1925. You know, if they, if they had just agreed the East Coast and West Coast this week, probably would have been very preventable, I think, if they were able to get energy from other states, but you can't when you're your own grid. You run out of energy and that's what happened. Texas is uh, on the, uh, the other side of a lot of morality perspectives. I consider it a very cruel place. And the idea that Texas is against regulation is completely dishonest too. They regulate all the time. My entire 22 years in this city, 
and this will probably be the city that I, I die in. I love Texas. I love Austin. But the idea that Texas is against regulation is completely dishonest. I have seen in my 22 years uh, an endless battle of regulation from Texas governors, from George W. Bush, which I got to see as a governor, to Rick Perry, which I got to see as uh, an idiot, to Greg Abbott, who I'm now getting to see as a monstrous uh, evil. All three of them have regulated constantly the city of Austin to its knees. A lot of the death and damage this week is on Greg Abbott's hands, incidentally. If you'd like multiple examples of how Abbott has done this, just look up the quoted phrase, Abbott threatens Austin. And so I'm being purposefully unspecific there. And because of that, you will find multiple examples of Abbott threatening Austin. Most egregiously to me was him threatening Austin for trying to be a sanctuary city a couple years ago and being threatened by Abbott for its decision as a city to be a sanctuary, to many other examples of Abbott regulation. This past year with the pandemic, Abbott has regulated Austin so many times. We're sore and we can't sit down. He's been regulating us so damn hard. He hasn't allowed our mayor to insist closures on businesses or force mask use. That caused so much death. One death causes so many other deaths with COVID, and he knows it. And he ended up trying to backpedal, like he's backpedaling right now with energy. But that blood is on his hand. That was Greg Abbott regulation, disempowering the mayor. That was him regulating us. It ended up causing a huge uh, COVID spike. It also galvanized a bunch of people into being assholes about not wearing a mask in town because, well, the governor is acting like this. That was the same year that uh, Abbott also regulated Austin with other things, most notoriously when we tried to limit the budget of the police department after the police shot some rubber bullets at uh, protesters while they were trying to save the life of a protester that had already been shot by a cop. And while four or five people were carrying a kid injured and bleeding in the head to the cops, they shot them after they told them to move forward, stuff like that. So we tried to be punitive with the police and successfully, as a city, made the decision to not remove the amount of money that we spent on these services, but just distribute it away from being under control of the police, like the 911 calls and some other things. We took out a third of their budget on paper and it was a nice gesture. And Abbott threw a hissy fit and regulated us and he threatened Austin with a permanent ban on increasing any property taxes in the future. This is a huge threat for a city that is growing as quick as Austin and is gonna need a lot of infrastructure. And so that was an example of Abbott already just destroying people. And that's him regulating. So if he's an anti-regulator, how many more examples do you need? Greg Abbott emotionally regulates us and he sexually regulates women statewide. But, you know, that's a bigger, very sad point, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's just sort of the way I look at it, <laughs> the way I look at it. It's been a hell of a murderous year for Greg Abbott, Texas's most prolific serial killer. And I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs>